Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi, and uh, this morning I've got Mike Huber here. Hello. That's Mike. Yeah, uh, those of you who are listening won't be able to see that he's got a cool whole t-shirt on. Oh yeah. There it is. Live through this. Lovely. Um, so Mike and I are uh, going to talk about cognitive dissonance and how it results in emotional distress. Yeah. <laughs> so and I don't have a quote for you because I'm no, well, in the middle of writing the article. So yeah. And I, um, I was going to say, I don't really have a quote. So the quote will be my text to you last oh, night yeah. that said, I'm really struggling to come up with podcast topics, but need to record a bunch of them. And then uh, you sent me the topic. So tell me, tell, tell us about it. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Oh, and my quote, I was just reading the text. I, there's a, you know, autocorrect said why adults should be aware of boy. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, That was also confusing for me. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even notice. I don't know what I was trying to write, but let me explain. So um, at my work, I was asked to write a uh, post for our website's blog about kind of why children have a hard time with like what seems to adults to be small changes. And so we're focusing on a child showing up to a classroom where both teachers were out sick, um, which anyone who works with young children or has young children probably could imagine that the yeah. child just um, so we have like a hallway and then the classrooms child's in the hallway and like refusing to go in just, you know, drops to the floor. There is no way they can go in that room. I'm trying to think the child's an older toddler. So two and a half, but just, you know, losing it, like mm -hmm. no way. Um, and, uh, you know, it was interesting because, the two teachers were gone. All the kids were the same. All the toys were the same. It was the same room. Mm -hmm. They're eating snack, which is usually a motivator for him, like many toddlers. And yet, you know, they couldn't do it. And so we thought, uh, I was writing this article <laughs> with Anna McRae, who will hopefully be a guest soon on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and she comes more from the mental health field. And so when we were talking about the article, she immediately went into, well, you know, their schema is disrupted. And, you know, me being, you know, a nerd <laughs> and an early childhood nerd, early I was immediately thinking nerd, yeah. play schema. And I know she wasn't talking about play schema, right. but she's my, talking about the OG schema. Yeah, the OG <laughs> schema. But I thought, you know, we were talking about how do we explain this to parents? Because, you know, if you go to a word like schema, too quickly it's like what 
So we use the metaphor of for an adult driving to work. And that um, route is your schema. This is how you get to work. And you do it every day. And the more you do it, the you don't even have to think about it. And then a detour happens or, you know, there's an accident and traffic's way backed up and you can get off this exit. Um, that's suddenly changing what your schema is. And so in a way, what that schema is, is how your mind is organizing information. So mm -hmm. um, most of it is, is literally visual, right? You're processing what does that map look like? Mm -hmm. And so one thing, if you have no GPS on and you do that, you might be really freaked out. And then it's like, you have to turn the radio down because now you're like, oh no, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know. And so what that's showing is you have emotional distress too. You, you're like, you know, stressed. You're probably, your heart's beating a little faster. You're breathing a little, you know, shallow. And, you know, as adults, most of us have some emotional regulation that a two and a half year old doesn't. Right. But it's important that that's happening too. And then the way to calm yourself is to then be able to visualize it again. So if you're able to turn on the GPS and see, oh, okay, I can get there a different way. I see. Or if you're more familiar, like your schema, if you only knew the one route and don't know the other side streets, then your schema is very narrow. Mm -hmm. So it's very fragile, which means your emotional distress goes way up. But if you have a wider schema, like, oh, okay, I know these parallel roads. I don't even know the names of them, but I know I'm still going east-west. <laughs> maybe I'll right. look at the... Um, compass on the car to make mm -hmm. sure, am I still going east? Okay, I am, you know, mm -hmm. but the more you can visualize it and what that's doing is giving that mental picture, like, okay, I'm fine. And so the more um, you can visualize, the more you can do it. And so with young children, I can see you want to say something right now. Well, no, I was going to say, um, this literally just happened to me. I was going to say it and I oh, yeah, I'll yeah. derail him completely, but no, please um, derail me. I... <laughs> no, it literally just happened to me the other night. I was trying to drive to this little town South of Lafayette called Crawfordsville. And I was going from a, starting from a different place. Like I could, I, I could get there with my eyes closed, but not really, yeah, yeah. um, from, from my house but I was out on campus instead and it's a whole different way. So I had, even with my GPS, I had set it, but it felt like it was taking me back North instead of South. And I literally was trying to be yeah, like, yeah. does this look South? <laughs> and trying yep. to look for, for clues that it was South. Um, and eventually, you know, got to a sign where I was like, okay, yes, now I know where I am. Yeah. Um, so it's just interesting that you use that as a metaphor. Yeah. I think it's one that it kind of has the visuals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's, you know, thinking about brain pathways, it's very yeah. similar. I remember waking up in Detroit at a hotel. I was like, right on the river and mm -hmm. I could see Windsor across the river. And I woke up with the sun in my window and I, my, I was like, <laughs> the sun is rising in the West. What the and <laughs> didn't realize that it's one of the few places where Canada is South of oh, um, yeah, yeah. the U S so, but like in my brain, and I don't know why it was such a big deal. Yeah. But it was just like, you know, I wake up and I'm a little disoriented. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did I wake up in a different hotel room? Which yeah. doesn't happen very often for me, just to be <laughs> just to be clear. Okay. And then realized, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 there's still time. Bucket list here. Um, <laughs> anyways. Uh, um, yeah, so it, it definitely like it messes with your mind. And mm -hmm. I guess because it was like I was just waking up 
my heart was racing. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that's emotional. And yet knowing where you are actually is, you know, fairly. If we think about the evolutionary function of our brain that, you know, waking up in a different place could be a real risk. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I kind of get it. Um, but it's, this is, this is an example of when you can put something in perspective for an adult way of thinking yeah yeah that it can really impact the way we might interact with that little boy who was so worried about the new teachers because our tendency would be to like this is weird this is like your everyday classroom you're always here right and the teachers everybody in there yeah the (laughs) teachers both had subbed in that room before the the teacher the child knew both teachers names and had you know played with them i'm sure both of them had changed his diaper at some point you know like so they knew each other and yet it was not what he expected it was not what he was picturing in his mind and so there's the cognitive dissonance of like wait everything in the world has changed right you know my boss said it's actually probably more akin to showing up to work and every single co-worker is different (laughs) <laughs> you know right for an adult right because uh-huh. that's the way it feels to a kid of like sure. who are these people and everyone else is just <laughs> acting like nothing's mm-hmm. you know wrong or whatever yeah. which actually would be a good prank <laughs> i don't know how i would do that one but uh um it but, you know in my office because i never see co-workers <laughs> oh that's true that's true it's got to be in-person yep, uh, yep. work so but anyways you know it's one of those things that um or even when you start a new job and you don't know anybody yeah and you go in and there's a lot of emotional distress going on because mm-hmm. you don't know anyone and you don't even know what's too formal, what's too informal. Yeah. You know, do I Can just I say hi? Do I like, you know, what's that? Can I swear here? Can I swear here? <laughs> yeah, that one takes a little while. Um, well, for some, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for sure. Um, I actually, that is funny because the two, we have like two co-directors and the one co-director does not swear uh-huh. and the other co-director does all the time. And uh, <laughs> I quickly learned nothing, nothing horrible, but the first time, oh, I can't say this word right now with the others in the house. But the first, one of the first times I saw her, we were all wearing masks. It was a uh-huh. few years ago. And I swear she, like I said, oh, hey. And she's coming down the hall and says, F you. But it was not what she actually said, apparently. <laughs> no, and and not, she was so censoring like, a bit during this show. For, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was the reasons. censored version. Um, but uh, she then, you know, she, she she never swears, so she's like, it's not, you know, it's not just funny because you misheard me. It's like, you know, yeah. that word never comes out of my mouth ever. <laughs> um so anyway and I, I anyways that was my schema what i expect there's your cognitive dissonance yeah, yeah yeah okay so back to the kids yeah <laughs> um yeah you said the the way the adults approach it so one of the um substitutes saw you know the mom and i probably heard the kid crying through the door yeah. or whatever or not crying but like whining whatever yeah. like no protesting and so she came yeah she opened the door and she's like oh hey it's so good to see you and you know called him used his name uh-huh. um i don't have a pseudonym yet oh i in the article i call them dolores um but nice. yeah yeah but it's just like hey you know we're just having snack and you know i don't think she named the other kids maybe she named the uh-huh. like the best friend you know, <clears throat> you know like yeah. you know um whatever uh 
Carol's here if you want to mm-hmm. come in. Um, and then actually in the article, I have two characters. The, the friends are Carol and Murray. I forgot. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> but so she's going right to the fix it. Yeah. Thing, right. Of telling him the things that are the same, which is great. I just yeah. talked about having that GPS. Yeah. Helps you picture, or if you know the roads, it helps you yeah. picture what's happening. So she's giving that child mental pictures of, you know, here, and she probably even, um, I know for another child, the first thing would be, did you want to go look at the truck book? Uh-huh. You can go read the truck book. You know, that's the thing. Um, transition objects work very similarly. Yeah. This is the object you are holding <laughs> with mom. And now you get to hold it in the classroom. <laughs> so it's just this thing of going to all these things, uh, uh, talking about the cognitive dissonance. What she didn't do was say, it's a little scary when things are different. And I think partly, I, I think, Sometimes teachers, or sorry, adults um, forget to mention the emotion yeah. in general, because uh, I think there's a fear, I think we all have this, that if we mention an emotion, it makes it worse, or like the mm-hmm. person didn't already think that, Yeah. right? When someone, like not an, a close friend, but if someone like an acquaintance um, loses someone in their life, you know, uh, a family member dies or something... Mm-hmm. There's that, oh, I, I don't know if I should, I was going to call her, but, yeah. you know, what do I say? Can't say his name. Yeah, and I don't want to say his name. Yeah. And, you know, it's that thing of, do you think that she forgot that he died? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like you you don't have the power there to yeah. to bring this to the, the person. The person is grieving. And one of the hardest things when you're grieving is the people who ignore yeah. the loss. And yet we naturally avoid it. Yeah. And it's more like we don't want to have to see your grief is what that's it exactly is. right. It's not that I don't want to upset them. It's that yeah. um, I am uncomfortable with their yeah, upset. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so with kids, we do that sometimes. Yeah. And the or and then we think, oh, it'll go quicker if I don't mention it, because then they we can yeah. let's be happy, you yeah. know. But the other thing I think is that sometimes we forget how little things can cause this because. We forget, you know, because the children's schema is so narrow, that child is crying because, I mean, admittedly, the relationship with the caregivers probably is the most important thing and everything else stems from that. Right. So I don't want to minimize that. If it had (laughs) been just he got the blue cup instead of the red cup, still might have relied, resulted in crying. Right. But it's a different thing. It, it is a bigger thing. But still, as adults, we kind of like, well, everything else is the same. Why is this a big deal? I mean, they don't, most adults wouldn't say that to the child, but don't want to mention the emotion because it's like, well, that's kind of a silly thing to be sad about. Yeah. But if we look at, you know, think of our own experiences and when things happen that we don't expect. Yeah. And so both the schema is narrow, but also emotional regulation is still developing. So you got the two things, right? Yeah. That anything that makes you feel a little bit like, oh, like you want to just, oh shit. Anytime you want to just say, yes. oh shit, a kid wants to cry and fall to the floor, right? right. So it's just that we have enough emotional regulation to to um, right. to swear or to um, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> say, well, bless your heart, you know. Bless your heart. And the rest, you know, but a, a child is going to cry. Yeah. So and I think so, yeah. it, it's sort of like play. 
where it's hard for some adults to value play because they're so far removed from all the little discoveries that come through play. Like they don't need that anymore. They've had decades right. of working through that. And so our brain sort of moves that piece mm-hmm. away and right. we have more um, practice with our emotional regulation. Right. right. Yep. Um, so, so the same thing with this little guy who couldn't, you know, didn't want to face <laughs> the the day with that one change that seems maybe minor to us. It's because maybe we, because of our, yeah, our yeah. improved emotional regulation. And the egocentricity of and, adults. Yeah. And we just don't understand that. So, yeah. we, um, so we, maybe we don't even notice it. It's not that right. we, we say, oh, this is some cognitive dis- dissonance leading to emotional discomfort. We think this is, um, this, this shouldn't, this makes no sense. This shouldn't even, you know, right. it's not, it's not that they're saying, well, he's upset, but I don't care. It's right. that, oh yeah, yeah, might for not sure. even make the connection because we're so far removed Yeah, yeah. from that experience ourselves. So bringing these, these analogies that you're bringing in is a good way. Right, right. Just to remember, oh yeah, how I feel. <laughs> well, even those subs, um, I, I think being a substitute, I find it so difficult. Um, the idea that I wouldn't know if I'm like at 6 a.m. I thought, oh, I'm going to, you know, whatever. Yeah. Go on my social media or, you know, go for a walk and like, oh, they want me to be at the cl- in the yeah. classroom in an hour and a half. Yeah. I don't know how people do that. And right. and we're a big enough center that our, um, both of those substitutes, one was actually a supervisor. One was a, um, <laughs> we call them department teachers. Um, I, uh, we used to call them floats and that's a more common yeah. term, but we wanted people to feel better because float <laughs> didn't seem like we were treating them as serious right. as the other people. Float's very know. low on the hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so still, like, they both knew they were going to be in our building, but I'm sure the supervisor had, like, a hundred other things to do. Right. But, oh, I've got to be in the classroom with the kids. Um, and so there's this mental shift there, and I'm sure there was even some, like, uh, can I say God damn it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <God> damn it. <laughs> I don't know which words. Are, uh, is it just the one word we're just not saying? Word. Okay. Good to know. Um, yeah. So it was just, uh, you know, I... It, it was hard for them too, but again, in a way that clearly they can deal with, mm-hmm. you know, I always say when I get called into classrooms, it's often like, Hey, can you help out for a minute? It's because someone's like really dysregulated. Oh yeah. And the first thing I do, I make sure like I get to the doorway and I take a few breaths oh, and then I walk yeah. in. Right. Because, and, and in general, they tell, you know, in emergency rooms, CMT, um, we just, uh, totally different story, but, uh, um, had a few, a child who had a febrile seizure, you know, so the fire department arrives and I was like outside to meet them. And, you know, they like, it's a thing when you watch, they take their time Mm -hmm. because running in is going to be worse. They are not going to be thinking, um, they're not going to go to their cerebral cortex, right. Mm -hmm. They're going to be in that you know, whatever amygdala stage that like, right. or whatever, lizard you know, just brain. Like, oh. yeah, the lizard brain. <laughs> um, and so, you know, just watching them kind of come out. Oh, okay. So it's a three month old. It's like, Oh no, three year old. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes they get it wrong when they tell us, okay, all right. Um, and where do we go? And, you know, just this really yeah. calm and just walking 
Yeah. And, you know, and it was just that thing of the person who called 911 couldn't even remember the address of the school. Right. You know, and even though I said it, she says the the street number and then she looks at me again, like, what was the name of the street? You know, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, you come here every day, your scheme. I mean, she's right. fairly new, but still like, and that's why you do fire drills and things, right? Uh-huh. It's you just get a schema going. So then when the thing happens with more emotional distress, uh-huh. you can follow that schema. Right. Um, so anyways, um, well, I guess you had me on here because I'm going to go all over the place. But... Yes, please. <laughs> Please, please but that's you know so essentially you know like we just have to remember that right with kids yeah. that and kids get freaked out by fire drills alone right absolutely um, and that's part of that thing of i guess that's the the thing i wanted to make sure we talk about next is but we want kids to experience this change yeah. and this is stress that they can live through and we want okay. them to right so so um you know too often we don't separate chronic stress from temporary stress and temporary stress is good for kids. That's why doing risky play is good. We mm-hmm. want that heart rate to go up. We want them to feel a little nervous. Right. Right. And still jump off that climber yeah. and yeah. still whatever. And also sometimes realize, nope, this one feels too risky. I'm going to go down a step. Right. Right. We want them to do that. And so, the same so is true going into a classroom. Right. <laughs> yeah. If I'm hearing you right, we should jump out from behind doors and scare children for some temporary stress, some healthy tempers. Well, I know that's not what you're the saying. The good thing is we don't have to because they're going to be stressed about the blue cup instead of the red cup. Like, you know, it's always that thing. It's like when I teach <clears throat> conflict resolution, I was like, and the great thing is, you know, they're going to learn conflict resolution skills and you don't have to plan a circle time to talk mm-hmm. about it. I mean, you can do like a puppet show right. to, you know, talk about it when the emotions aren't high. I don't mean that, but I mean like, but then don't, okay, now I taught them. Right. It's like, exactly. And you don't have to. Now we'll have no more conflict. Yeah. And you don't have to go like, take a toy and put it next to someone else and say, hey, took your toy. <laughs> Heather just, Heather just. Are you going to do something about it? Yeah. <laughs> Kick her ass. Um. <laughs> No, but like conflict's going to happen. So, you know, I always like say, and the great news is you don't even have to plan it. You get to (laughs) help kids learn how to solve conflicts because the conflicts will come. Yeah. But the same is true with, with cognitive dissonance. Everything is new to kids, you know? And even like if um, we have a lot of snow right now in Minnesota and yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know it's, it is nice. Um, But uh and yeah, and then in a few days, it's going to be, well, it's going to get up to four degrees, I guess, but it's going to be up really to cold. Okay. Yeah. But at least there's snow. I hate when it's that cold and there's no there's snow. snow. Yeah. But anyways, anyway. <laughs> back to the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that, um, oh no, I forgot what I was saying. I'm so sorry. I did okay. too. We're recording in the morning. This is like, <laughs> I mean, I know it's not that early in the morning, but uh, uh-huh. it is. Yeah. Oh, did you just mute? I did because I'm pouring a drink. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I thought it was an accident. Okay. So anyways, back to the cognitive dissonance. Kids are going to have cognitive dissonance. So we don't have to jump out of the, you know, from behind a door. What we can do is help them with that. And so the two things, you know, really the two things you're doing is one is emotional regulation. And naming the emotion is the start of that. 
wow, mm-hmm. you're really upset or it can be scary, you know? Um, and I think scary is a word I, I honestly learned from Mr. Rogers. Uh, not, um, I mean, to use that with kids right. because kids do find things scary. Yeah. And we often, I often go to, oh, you're sad or you're mad, but like scary is like what they're off it. Like it's a little scary when the classroom is different, isn't it? Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And so I've been using that, um, more and, and I do think it's a good word for kids. And again, I think it was my adult centric view of like, well, it's not scary to go into the classroom they go into every day. It's like, well, yes, it is. (laughs) Um, And the more you think about that schema thing, right, you know, like that it's changed. And so acknowledging the emotion, um, you know, mom was hugging the child in this case. And then, um, you know, obviously if the teacher can hug the child. So if it's not about the teacher, if the teachers were there and um, I don't know what would be different. We, We had a classroom once that a pipe burst flooded oh. so they had to like to a whole different overnight room. they moved a bunch of furniture over to a yeah. different room that was like a community room it clearly was like way bigger than yeah yeah so it's kind of like oh there's a few shelves over there and then there's like 50 <laughs> feet before there's another shelf but you know there was a kid who really had a you know could not do yeah. it and um and actually it's in my book but it's somebody who might be in your book so i will tell the story <laughs> a little bit and so jenny um, with one child who was autistic, who's really like, what's going on? I can't yeah. picture it. She's like, let me show you the classroom. And now I can't remember in the book. It tells us, I, I think that he couldn't technically go in. So she went in and took photos and showed him oh, what the classroom idea. looked like mm-hmm. and said, that's why we can't go in there. Uh-huh. You know? And then I forgot what, you know, he just used a word and would like, look at the photos over and over as they went into the new room. Uh-huh. And so photos, so this is getting into the, the cognitive dissonance part. Yeah. Photos work great. Um, so it could be like, oh, you're missing, you know, your regular teachers. Yeah. Here's their pictures. Right. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of classrooms have pictures of the children's families for that same reason, right. but we right. often forget to have pictures of the teachers. Oh, so when right. they're gone, like those teachers or caregivers are uh, um, really important as well. And I would say, and don't forget to have your, you know, class, your pets, photos of the pets too, because for kids, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like that thing, like having a photo. Oh yeah. You really like playing with Heather. She'll be back yeah. um, in a few days and then talk about, and then you go to the things that child can picture. We're, we're still going to have snack. Um, it's going to be a little different though, because I'm going to give second. I don't remember how Heather does it, <laughs> though. I might do it a little differently. Uh-huh. Um, you can let me know if you see right. something different or whatever. And so you, so you acknowledge the emotions first, hugs, whatever, but also talk about, give children ways to picture things to get those mental pictures. So talking right. about it when it's something like this, where you didn't know ahead of time, you talk about it. If it was going to a new school or a new classroom, you would want pictures ahead of time. You'd want to hopefully visit. Let's go visit your new school, right? And we often do this. Yeah. Um, and this is why it gives people, kids, a mental picture at Morgan's Wonderland. What was that called? Yeah, um, I think it was Morgan's yeah. Wonderland. Yeah. In um, San Antonio, they have, it's it's an amusement park and they have the like the car 
like before you go in line to get into a car to go on a track, you can go in the car, right? Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. Here in Minneapolis, um, there's an airlines that has once a month um, autistic kids and their families can go on the plane and they like have oh. the, um, you know, the <clears throat> people come around to like, you know, like they do the seatbelt thing. They do the whole the thing whole except thing. fly mm -hmm. um, to give that child experience. I I'm sure they have everyone use the bathroom too. <laughs> like, especially like the toilet, mm -hmm. you know, the, yeah. the volume of that. Um, and I imagine they tell parents if they have two parents going or two adults, like one of you go with the kid after they wash your hands, the other one stay to flush because you don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, but they just walk through it. That's and, really great. And just <clears throat> being able to visualize that a little bit and then verbal reminders, or if you can have visuals, like if you go to a new school with your child, take pictures mm -hmm. and then show the pictures after. Like, yeah. oh yeah, remember? Remember you were playing with the blocks here and look at it over and over and then continue to look at the pictures after the child started of like, oh yeah, it's, you know, you're at the new school and talk about the emotions that were happening. It was a little scary when you yeah. walked in. I also know you had fun doing this and talk about all the emo the range of emotions the child had. Don't focus just on the negative, but also don't ignore the negative. So, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, just keeping in line with the, the Piaget theme yeah. um, of, of schemas, we 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 i think acknowledge but then forget to forget it when we're in practice and in the moment that children don't really develop those really consistent pre uh uh consistent abstract thinking right abilities until you know after 5 years old so if we're working with children who are younger than 5 right um it, they can do some abstract you know there is some yeah. whole all of the pretend play is kind of playing with abstract ideas, but uh, we can't rely solely on. Right. Right. I told you, I gave yeah, you yeah. abstract and yeah, all that yeah. you're describing is ways to give them the, the concrete, the concrete. Yeah. And, uh, and one thing I think, I, I guess it's important to acknowledge Piaget, right. That a lot of this came from his thoughts about it, but also acknowledging that he watched his wife care for the kids yeah. And so what he skipped was all the emotional stuff around it. Yeah, he's it's very cognitive. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's talking about these cognitive things. And I think people get, and that's why we you want to read a lot of different things, right? right? Because there's also that emotional piece. And I think sometimes people will describe, like I said, the teacher who's just describing the things, she was doing, you know, everything right with that. Yeah. Just, you know, added on would be that emotional piece that. Um, yeah. So, but, so I think that it can connect to the emotional piece. Yeah. Um, in that we can say, oh, I see you're sad. Right. Even that's sort of abstract unless we say you're, you're crying and that makes me. Yeah. 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 Oh, that, sad. Thank you, you know? for saying that. Yes. And, and kind of bring even that emotional support into a comedy. Yep. Yeah, that's true. I didn't say that part, but yeah, for sure. Describing it. Yeah. I see you're crying. It's sad. Yeah. And, and that's where I like the word scary because then you give concrete things too. Right. Yeah. Like it's scary when the teachers are different than what you're used to. Yeah. That's um, a good point because we don't, 
I don't know. One of my things with labeling emotions and a four-year-old taught me this. Um, he was under the table crying because he didn't want to go to something someone was making him go to. Right. And um, I was sitting on the floor by the table talking to him. And I said, I know you're upset. And he's like, I'm not upset. I'm frustrated. Yep. <laughs> and he was yeah. So yeah. Mad at me for mislabeling. Um, so, I mean, I think it's so important to give that language. Yeah. And I try to say you look upset you look or you upset, seem yeah. upset. Yeah. Or, and, I and I think that's why I like scary now that you're bringing that in is um, we still acknowledge the emotional impact and the emotions that they're feeling, right. but we're not presuming. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I, um, I didn't think about this, but I overheard a child was uh, a family was leaving the center. They're in the lobby. Um, we have, a big enough place that we have a lobby. <laughs> but <laughs> I heard the mom talking to another mom. She's holding the preschooler and the toddler is just kind of standing next to her, but she's saying, oh yeah, we're going to go to a hotel. You know, she's still not so sure about it. And you can see the child kind of yeah. huddle closer to mom. <clears throat> and I overheard it and I was walking by and, and I was not lying. This was true. I was like, oh, I'm actually going to stay at a hotel on Monday. Mm-hmm. And mom immediately, oh, so are you excited about it? And I know mom wanted me to go to the, jump to the positive. But the first yeah. thing I said was, well, it's going to be a little scary because I'm used to my own bedroom. And, <laughs> you know, like my, you know, I, I have a lamp on my, you know, right. by my bedside. And I, they'll probably have a lamp, but I don't, I don't know. The sun rises in like. the east in my bed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what the hell's going on in Detroit? <laughs> Jesus. Um, but, uh, you know, I, but I think then mom like, real. oh, right. Yeah. Like. And um, she also said, yeah, it will be a little different, but that's why we're just going for one day mm-hmm. um, because someday we want to go on longer trips, but we thought it's important to do a one day trip. And it was Fun. right. So she was realizing what I just said, like, and you know, the family has the means to do that. Although they probably haven't traveled in a while because they have two kids under the age of four so and um, pandemic yeah and pandemic <laughs> right so um but she was focusing originally when i overheard it first they were talking about the pool there's going to be oh. a pool there which is a good thing to mention right but also acknowledge there's gonna be some differences yeah you know like you're gonna be eating breakfast with other people in the room yeah, but there's room. a waffle maker <laughs> uh, okay so, anyways yeah i'm sure you will um right so anyways having you know and so those are like just those small changes i feel like all of this is true if there's big changes if there is a death in the family if there is a um you know moving whatever Mm -hmm. all those things they're kind of the same thing and in fact one thing i want to just add even though it's well even though it's tangential that's i do tangential that's all i do how dare you i always (laughs) recommend to people working with young children to always have a book about death uh, and like age appropriate book about sure. death. So lifetimes is, is a nice one. Um, the lighthouse for preschoolers mm-hmm. by Robert Munch. Um, just something, uh, Sophie, I think that's Mem Fox. Actually, Sophie would probably be my favorite. Oh, I don't know that one. It's, I don't know how she does it. Cause it's like probably 60 words. It's definitely under a hundred words. Okay. And talks about the entire life cycle. It starts with um, Sophie being born. Okay. How much grandpa loved her and they would hold hands. And then grandpa gets older 
Oh. And then she holds his hand on his deathbed, and then they go to the funeral. Oh. And then, okay. so, and by this point, Sophie's an adult, and Sophie yeah. has a baby. So yeah. it starts and ends with babies. <laughs> and yet, like I said, it's each page, it's like really simple sentence. But either way, <laughs> have a book about death, something like that. So I'm not, yeah. you know, you don't have to have the book about um, really specific things. Um, there are books for that when it actually happens to a kid. Yeah. Or you can create a social story, but yeah, something like that where you just read it, put it on the shelf, uh-huh. and then at some point, every single year, I taught in classrooms for, what, 26 years? Every single year, at least one child in my class had a grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, somebody passed away. Mm-hmm. And sometimes someone closer, but, you know, and... I would find out before the parents tell me because the child would go over to the bookshelf, pick up the book, Sophie, and walk over to me. Can you read this? Uh And so then we'd read it. And so what you're doing by reading that ahead of time is you're starting to create that schema around what death is. Because too often what we do is we're afraid to talk about it, afraid to talk about with kids. And then when it happens, it's like you're having to start building that schema right away and the child has no idea what this is um tommy DePaulo has a a good one too uh nana upstairs i think it's called Mm -hmm. um it's a little longer so i would only do that for older preschoolers i'm sure there's newer ones that i just don't know because i haven't been in the classroom in (laughs) a few years but anyways just that idea that um you it, it's just you're creating a schema it's going to be narrow but then when the reality happens they have something to build off of mm-hmm. on that and of yeah. course there's emotional distress and the other thing i'll add the one thing about death is that <coughs> often the parent is grieving also right so finding a close friend someone who can be there for the child i always suggest if you're bringing the child to the funeral or memorial service have an adult that can go with the child so they can just be for part of it okay. or whatever. But the adult, if it's the parent is not emotionally available to help the child's emotions. So if you're able to, yeah, you know, I think it's, I think it's great for kids to go to memorial services, but also, you know, with no context, it's a little weird. Or, yeah. you know, if you're in a family where your whole extended family's here and they go to funerals, a lot their schema is already there right so they might be more able to handle it um if it's like my family where i live you know hundreds of miles away from any of those relatives it's like we're flying in for a funeral Mm. you know it's a very different experience for my child so you know it depends but just if you think about it as a schema that it gets wider as they have more experience um and books are a great way to at least for sure place it there before the actual emotional thing is happening yeah so i just want to throw that one out there because i think that's one that again we don't want to talk about therefore we don't and people mm-hmm. think oh but we don't want to bring that up to kids but right. um using the same thing i'm just gonna <laughs> suddenly like that's why we read books about people of other races and other cultures that's why you know it that whole idea of the window mm-hmm. windows and mirrors is that you are creating schema that experiences can build off of mm-hmm. 
So, um, yeah, whatever. That's all. Yeah, that's <laughs> that was a very good. I've just emptied out. Yeah. <laughs> my brain is empty again. Okay, great. That's how Josie. And so is my coffee cup. <laughs> Mine too. That's how Josie yeah. used to sign off of phone calls with Grandma. She, I've got my UP I, mug. Well, I'm empty. It's what? Pasty. Oh, pasty. Nice. I just and then it. has the recipe on the other side in case. Oh, nice. <laughs> just a plain old um okay it sounds like we're wrapping up <laughs> yeah i think i imagine it's been a long time just showing each other our coffee mugs yeah, yeah um so do you want to uh plug the blog that this article yeah yeah be on? thank you um so it's stdavidcenter.org so it's all one word no punctuation mm-hmm. so s oh st not the word saint. right okay saint david's center.org yeah. Um, but all one word. And yeah, I don't, it'll be up. Well, I, I was supposed to finish the article yesterday and I didn't. That's why I texted to talk about it. Oh, okay. Um, so I'll finish it next week. So it'll probably go up around the new year. But there's um, lots of other there for them. Oh, to yeah, yeah. While they're waiting. yeah. 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 There's plenty. And what I like is that our agency has OTs, mental health professionals and things too. So I do stuff around more like early childhood, but yeah. Then there's also stuff about, you know, sleep <laughs> or you know <laughs> yeah. fine motor from an ot's perspective yeah. um and I, things um, like that so i i just think that as a field we need to get as much ot information as we yes can, not just our early childhood information um yeah. and also you've started a facebook page for your book called and the facebook page is inclusion includes us yep yeah and then you can read short quotes about it i'm my <laughs> my goal with it i, I really am kind of following uh zen and the art of early childhood yeah that's the current name right yep and that just changed um, yes right no education but i love that it's usually just pretty short mm-hmm. things so i'm trying to just have most days quotes and then like one video a week mm-hmm. that you link to one um maybe an article that you link to maybe you know mm-hmm. and so it's hopefully the idea that people can just sort of you know just shows up in their feed and you know right. And if you don't know, click like that way, the other feed, it'll keep showing up. It'll keep showing up. Yep. Yep. Um, All right. And if you start doing that, then you suddenly get these OTs because I uh, often quote OTs and then mm-hmm. you can start liking those and yeah. do what Heather just said. Learn more about. Learn more about the occupational OT therapy. Pediatric occupational therapy. Yes. Um, okay. Well, thanks, Mike. This was fun. Yeah. Thank um, you. Good luck finishing the article. <laughs> Yeah, good luck finishing your book. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> that's uh that's the I'll finish mine I first. Need. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening to another episode. And uh we'll see you again next week. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.